guess it's my turn. <laughs> Good to see everyone this morning. Uh, can you turn with me in your Bibles? Uh, I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way this morning, no PowerPoint slides, but um, if you have the Bible app or your own Bible, Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 18. And so while you're doing that, I just wanted to say how encouraged I was. Andrew Anichi, thank you so much for that time of worship and even for uh, Robert's prayer and uh, words of encouragement. It's not been easy. There's been a few sleepless nights, <laughs> but I just want to know that, um, that um, we love you. And, uh, and uh, just before I you know, got online here, I hugged my boys. And so I thank God for my family as well. And I pray that you'll be encouraged by this message this morning. You know, we've come to our last Sunday of our Advent series, and I want us to be encouraged. We all need encouragement today, right? I also want to stir us up in our hearts and minds to remind us of the hope that we have of Christ's expected return. Now, could you imagine for a moment being a Christian during the first century living under the Roman Empire's rule of law and occupation? Christians were being dispersed for fear of persecution and death. Imagine the only hope you had was of reading letters sent from the apostles from hundreds of kilometers away, physically meeting in small house churches, breaking bread together, hanging on to every word you heard, believing in faith that the spiritual inheritance of salvation you received was imperishable because of the death and resurrection of Christ. Encouraging the few Christians around you with the words, come, Lord Jesus, come. As the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, gird up your loins. Today we would say, roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. However, today our minds are already saturated by the media, endless news feeds, and the streaming services we consume. And soon Facebook's transformation and rebranding to Meta and the Metaverse, the virtual augmented reality world that many will escape to. And with all of these distractions, our hearts and minds can be dulled and forget that Christ will one day return for his church. Our physical minds cannot fathom what God has in store for those who love him. Let's read together. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, 
and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and was deluged with water and perished. Amen. But by the same word, the heavens but and by earth, the same word, the heavens and earth. Gotta love Zoom, eh? Gotta love Zoom, eh? If um, Nick, you could just mute everybody on the call. Uh, Nick, you could just mute everybody on the call. Yes, I will. Uh, I will do that. Thank you. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus, thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and, the day, and to the day of eternity. Amen. Some powerful words from the Apostle Peter. But this morning, briefly, I would like to encourage us with four beloved statements from our text. And they're a beloved, stay awake. Beloved, watch out for scoffers. Beloved, God is patient with us. And lastly, beloved, continue to grow in your faith. Reminders. We all need them, right? We write them on sticky notes. We put them in our phones for upcoming appointments. And if you're a parent, you're constantly reminding your children to pick up their clothes or, or take out the trash. But when it comes to God's word, the reminders, the blessings, and the warnings come when we hear it spoken or open our Bible and read it ourselves to see and hear what it has to say to us through his Holy Spirit. While the disciples walked with Jesus, he used opportunities to remind his followers about his return. 
they, like us, were eager to know about when he would come back. And in the times we're living today, it's also easy for us to want to use current events to predict when he will come back. But Jesus warned his disciples and us today that concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. That's Mark chapter 13, verses 32 and 33. Until he comes, we're to be his witnesses to those around us, sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting to those in need. Jesus also encourages his followers with these words. Let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for those who have put their trust in him. And he will one day return and take believers to himself. The prophet Joel prophesied that in the last days, the Lord would pour out his spirit. In chapter 2, verses 28 to 31, they say, And it shall come to pass afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it's Old Testament prophetic passages such as these that Peter referenced when he preached his powerful message at Pentecost. This message woke up his listeners to the reality that they must make a decision to follow Christ. Scripture says that with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this wicked, crooked generation. Brothers and sisters, stay awake. The great and awesome day is coming, and all who call on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, will be saved. Amen. Secondly, brother, beloved, watch out for scoffers or mockers. Now, while believers hold on to these prophecies and promises, there have been and always will be scoffers out there saying the exact same thing that Peter states from our text. Where is the promise of his coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried, and everything's going on just as it has from the beginning. Have you ever met a scoffer? These are people who either once called themselves Christians or are false Christians believing the lies of their false teachers. They have rejected true faith and profess to enjoy the freedom, the new freedom of a godless existence. What are the characteristics of a scoffer and a denier? Peter describes them like this in chapter 2. They indulge in the lust of defiling passion. They have sex outside of the covenant of marriage. And it's important to add here that somewhere around 60% of professing Christians believe cohabitation, and sex outside of marriage is now okay. God forgive us. 
And that's according to apologist Dr. Sean McDowell from his recent book entitled Chasing Love, Sex, Love, and Relationships in a Confused Culture. What are other characteristics of a scoffer? They despise authority. They're arrogant. They're prideful. Like animals, they have no conscience. They blaspheme about matters of which they are ignorant. They're daytime party animals. They have no shame. They have eyes full of adultery. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained for greed. They entice sensual passions. And Dr. Sean McDowell again states here, and I quote, pornography has shaped how this generation thinks about sex and relationship more than anything else. It affects their brains, it affects their bodies, it affects their expectations. This is truly a pornified generation, end quote. This is the culture our children and this next generation are growing up in. Lastly, Peter states that scoffers promise false freedom. A scoffer will say, I used to believe in Christ's return. I used to believe in Jesus, but I don't anymore. I found something better and I feel free for the first time in my life. In reality, instead of experiencing true freedom in Christ, they are overcome by these passions and enslaved to them. Scoffers refuse to believe in Christ's expected return because then they would have to believe in God's righteous judgment that will cast them into hell if they don't repent and confess their sins. Scripture is very clear about those who specifically indulge in sexual sins and those who despise authority because of their willful disobedience and rejection of Christ. Scripture says God will keep them under punishment until the day of judgment. That's 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Thankfully, thankfully for believers, God knows how to rescue the righteous out of temptations and trials. Thirdly, beloved, Remember God's patience towards us. I was recently reading an article in the Christian Post entitled, Why Hasn't the Lord Come Back Yet? Many, perhaps, after these past two years have, have been more anxiously awaiting his return. People are feeling tension while waiting for his return because we're witnessing an increase in evil in the world and Satan knows his time is short. Even our own planet is groaning. Along with believers, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption and the redemption of our bodies. Do you ever listen to the radio or watch the current news and, and feel totally saddened at the wickedness all around us and wonder, oh God, how much longer can this go on? And then we're reminded of scripture that says, every intention of the thoughts of the heart of men and women are evil continually even from their youth. As long as two people fight and quarrel, nations will do the same. In spite of education, medical and technological advancements, climate change summits and attempted UN peace conferences, the human race has and will always drive itself to self-destruction and the cause is sin. The state of our world, brothers and sisters, reflects the state of sin 
it's getting worse. However, I'm thankful that God, despite the sorry state of affairs here on planet Earth, he doesn't measure time the way we do. In verses 8 and 9 of chapter 3, Peter states another truth, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you and me, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Amen. God, he could have created our entire universe in an instant, yet he preferred to do it over a period of six days and then took a day to rest as an example for you and I to do. He could have delivered Israel from Egypt in a moment, yet he prepared to invest 80 years in training Moses. He could have sent our Lord and Savior much sooner, but he waited until the fullness of time was come. And he sent Jesus into the world at just the right time. Brothers and sisters, God is delaying his coming and the great day of fiery judgment because he's so patient with humanity and wants to give unbelievers the opportunity and our unsaved and unbelieving family members an opportunity to be saved. And the command his followers have is to be ready to meet him. Lastly, beloved, grow in your faith. Peter ends this chapter with these words. Therefore, knowing that the new heavens and new earth is promised to his believers, therefore, since we are waiting, be diligent to be found by him at his coming without spot or blemish and at peace. Don't get carried away with a scoffer's philosophy and lose your own stability, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Connect, as we're doing today, connect with other believers through Bible study groups. Let's be faithful students of his word. We all experience setbacks in our faith, but don't give up. And I'm thankful for the promise that God keeps us in the palm of his hand. And his followers have received the Holy Spirit who lives in those who have placed their trust in him. And if, we're if we are to discern the times in which we live, we must be diligent students of his word. If I'm feeling dry in my spirit and have, and have lost that first love for soaking in his word, I want to stir up our faith this day after Christmas to stay alert, brothers and sisters. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 12, Jesus spoke to his disciples and warned them, saying that at the end of the age, there will be a great falling away. People will betray one another. False prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. And I must, I must examine my heart today and ask the question, has my love for Christ grown cold? Has my love for the brethren grown cold? Has my love for reaching the lost grown cold? I pray the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst this morning and speaking to hearts. Brothers and sisters, the gospel 
of Matthew chapter 24 ends verse 13 by stating that the one who endures to the end will be saved. As of this year, the Bible has been translated into over 700 languages, and the New Testament has been translated into an additional 1,500 languages. But there are still another 2,200 languages that remain without a Bible. And these are people that are living mostly in India, in China, in Sub-Saharan Africa, in Papua New Guinea, these parts of the world. But I'm thankful for missionaries and the families that we financially and prayerfully support in these countries that are sharing the gospel and witnessing transformed lives one at a time. But there's still much work to do to reach the lost. Jesus said in verse 14 that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached and proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. My brothers and sisters, the race we're running is a marathon. If we've run out of strength and thirst, come to Jesus today. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. As 2021 draws to a close, and 2022 quickly approaches, what am I expecting in this new year? It is, an, is it a new direction in my career, a new relationship, or perhaps deciding where to live and lay down roots? Whatever it is, keep God in the center of it all and be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Ultimately, according to his promise, his followers are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. This morning, are you a believer or have you been influenced by the scoffers of this world? You're either waiting with an expectant heart for his coming or you've dismissed his return and have been seduced by false teachers. Which one am I? Jesus exclaimed at the end of the New Testament in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 to 21, you know it well. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and the murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. 
And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of the prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. In conclusion, it's our last Sunday of 2021. Who would have thought we'd be back on Zoom? But Jesus says to all who have placed their trust in him, let not your hearts be troubled. However, if my heart's focus is only on everything around me that I experience in the physical realm and the state of affairs here on planet Earth, I have much to be troubled about. But if we're waiting with expectant hearts for his return, we can only be joyful despite our circumstances, knowing that one day, one day, brothers and sisters, he will make all things new and we will be with him forever and ever. If you scoff at the idea of Christ coming back, I warn you today to turn to him, the righteous judge. Seek him now while he may be found. That if I'm a believer today, I can exclaim with confidence and hope this statement. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. Amen. That's my prayer for you this morning, for us this morning, to be encouraged in our faith, not to give up. There's a lot of hopelessness around us. I pray that we would be vessels of hope to those around us, to our neighbors, to our work colleagues, to our children, our grandchildren. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, because you're a loving Heavenly Father, Lord, you don't overlook the smallest details of our lives, our individual lives, our church, our RBC family, God. So many things in our society that are unraveling and out of control. But we thank you, God, this morning for the hope that we have that one day, one day Christ will come back to this earth and take his believers to him, to be with him forever and ever. And I pray, God, that we would carry this hope with us each day in our hearts. Lord, that those that we speak to around us, Lord, that we would be encouraged to stay alert, to be awakened in our faith, God, never to give up. God, to be perseverant in these days that we live. I pray that there would be unity of spirit here at, at RBC. God, forgive us, Lord. We, we, we struggle about things. The enemy would love so much to drive a wedge in, into all of our decisions. But I pray, God, that you would direct our path. Lord, that there would be peace among us. God, once again, we believe in faith for the expected return of our Lord and Savior. And God, I pray that we would be comforted knowing these things today as we go about our week this week and as we head towards the new year. God, we put it before you, whatever the future may hold, Lord, we trust in you, and we commit this time, the rest of our time now, in your name.